0: Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never
1: Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Now well, it's the holiday times; they're right in front of us, and we get ready for 2023. Who better to talk to than your Vegas insider? You know him, Scott Robin of Vital Vegas. VitalVegas.com. You absolutely have to go there for all your information in Vegas. And I love his description. If you look at the description up front, he says he loves the casinos, the restaurants, the shows, even Chris Angel. I yeah, ask Scott, really not Chris Angel, right? But everything else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for Chris Angel. He's a lovable lunkhead, and it's just too easy to make fun of him. But of course, he's he is in the Vegas family. So, uh, I can can say things about him, but other people can't. (laughs) I'm protective of him if other people do it.
1: Fair enough. Well, let's talk about what the big thing is in Vegas. Of course, we're going to talk about sports, which I know you love, in a minute, but... What's the deal with country Western? I mean, all of a sudden, is Vegas becoming like a little Nashville West? Uh, I, I saw the other day, I was reading in Vital Vegas, uh, boy, a lot of big residencies all getting extended, what, Miranda Lambert, Garth Brooks, and now Carrie Underwood. Uh, Vegas has really taken to country music, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I, that actually came as quite a surprise. Um, I think that it's probably the timing of those announcements are aligning with the fact that the rodeos in town. Um, this time of year is usually pretty slow for Las Vegas, but the Las Vegas convention and visitors authority wisely wrangled the rodeo to be in town in December. And that's what's happening. So the, the ironic part, Miranda, uh, uh, Lambert has an actual track record of several shows here. Um, extend Garth Brooks has a history here but he didn't actually start his new residency so he's extending something that hasn't even started yet (laughs) Uh, and Carrie Underwood of course everybody knows her but yeah it was a very interesting uh, series of announcements that they're all uh, extending residencies which is really a testament to I, I would say country music I would say you know, artists finding the right venues uh, for what they do, finding an audience, and the fact that they can always rely on a fresh crop of people, because it's Vegas. Everybody wants to come to Vegas. They might not make a trip specifically to see Garth Brooks or Karen Underwood, but while they're here, if they like country, of course, they're going to go see them. And so the artists obviously love it, too, because... But doing a residency in Vegas means they don't have to travel, they don't have to deal with all the BS that comes with being on the road. They got they they have one venue, it's all set. They know the, all the players, <laughs> and yeah. they just rake in that money every night.
1: Well, you know the country crowd. You mentioned the rodeo, and I know the one thing you've talked about, and for years now, is that that's one of the favorite groups to come into the Vegas people because these people come in, they drink, they gamble, they don't cause too much of a trouble. And that's really uh, a good audience than beyond going to just the concert.
0: Yeah, Vegas loves the Cowboys for sure. Um, you know, I was, doing a, I was doing a story the other day about this new security system that has been rolled out at Fremont Street Experience. And so, of course, I, I have my thoughts on that, like everything. But it, at the end of my story, I said, you know, ultimately, if you want to be safe, I, I think Vegas is very safe. I think Fremont Street is very safe. But if, but ultimately, safety is kind of our own personal responsibility. So my advice is always just common sense. Be aware of your surroundings. Stay away from people that you think are going to be trouble. And the third thing is try and be in town during the rodeo because <laughs> those guys, they put up with no nonsense. If they see trouble, they rectify it themselves. There's no... They don't call Metro, they, they <laughs> self-manage, and uh, those are usually the people, you know, that are involved in these one-off kind of random, whatever happens, fights or, or worse. Uh, but the Cowboys, don't, they don't really put up with that too much. So they're, uh, they, are, they have a good reputation for being very polite. Uh, they do like to party, so they definitely, after the rodeo, they come to drink and gamble. Um, you know it's interesting because the different groups say a different convention group might be a show going group the cowboys don't go to shows right, right. so because they've seen they've been to the horse show all day or whatever you call it the cow show the cowboy. ball uh, but you know so each group is known for you know kind of what they do certain conventions are big on you'll see just every high end restaurant is full uh, or you'll see a different convention and suddenly all the theaters are full. So it's it's very interesting that based upon the season and who's in town, uh, what's busy, what's not busy, like the kids that go to, to Electric Daisy Carnival to EDC don't drink because of the drug use. So all the liquor sales go down, room rates go up because they'll do 10 to a room, but the, the room rates are still high. So I I know that wasn't the question, but uh, Vegas loves it the cowboys, uh, <laughs> mainly because it was a dead time of year and everybody was suffering until the rodeo came, came to town.
1: You know, my daughter <laughs> was just there for a thing uh, called When We Were Young, which is this emo thing. And she said, yeah, because I told her, I go, Vegas has a tendency that when there's a big concert or something like that, kind of this whole party thing takes over the town and it turns into a place in this case she goes yeah it was like every emo in the world was in las vegas on that weekend was that a success and i understand they're going to do it again so they must have had a good turnout and so forth
0: yeah i think it did very well um a lot of these big festivals that are kind of niche uh bands have done really well they sell out pretty quickly uh, sometimes these events are outdoors, and so it's a little tricky because you'll have a windy day, uh, so they'll have to cancel a day, or, you know, wonky things can happen. But I think for the most part, they're doing very well. Uh, they're either going to do, so, you know, they'll do something at this Las Vegas Festival Grounds, which is next to Circus Circus. Uh, there's the Downtown Event Center, which is, which is an open-air venue. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, those niche events I, I think even the one there was an 80s themed one that happened at the downtown Events center and that did really well. Like I, I think they have this down to a science of where they can get a bunch of bands. They each do three to four songs, so it's a, for the band. It's a great gig. You're not getting paid a ton of money, but hey, you get to you know come to a giant crowd that you might not normally have. And so these promoters put together 20 20 acts, and the audience feels like they've gotten the best deal in the world because they're getting kind of the top, you know, everybody's, even the one hit wonders have two songs. So you're (laughs) you're seeing a slew of folks that you have fond memories of. The tickets are pretty reasonable. Uh, So I think they are successful and I think that one one did
1: really well. Well, another group that I'm more familiar with their music. I remember it was kind of fun. The B-52s, are going to do a 10-night residency at the Venetian. Now, that isn't a group that I would normally think of with that, but apparently it's been really successful, and that's coming in 2023.
0: Yeah, they, um, as I mentioned in my story about it, it's, a, it's another one of those situations where they had a farewell tour, and apparently they didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know, they saw some dollar signs, and they had a, I think they did two or three shows here at the Venetian recently, and they did pretty well. So then they went off and did their farewell tour, and this would be because it's not a tour, I guess, doesn't technically contradict the fact that that was their farewell tour. But I, I get the, a strong vibe that this might be it for them. Like this, this could be the end of their uh, performing together. Uh, they're. The band members are in their early 70s, I think, a couple of them, 74, 72. So you just hit a certain point where even if people will show up, you're just kind of over it. And uh, the lead singer, uh, very, very talented guy. But in the interviews, he just seems tired. He's like, I'm tired of people imitating me, like to me, you know, because he, you know, everybody knows that voice in like Love Shack and, they, they uh, what's his name? Schneider or something. Anyway, he, you can just tell he's over it because everybody's doing the, you know, I've got, I got me a Chrysler. that's as <laughs> big as a whale. Like everybody does that voice. And I'm sure even when he's on stage, people are yelling it out. He's like, I'm just kind of, I'm over it. So I, I think they're 10 shows for them seems about right. Uh, and they do have recognizable songs like I said if you're there and you get to hear your favorite song from whenever it was you, a lot of nostalgia goes, goes a long way so I think the B-52s will, they'll be fine the Venetian, they'll be fine well, and the, the Venetians
1: are one of those great places I saw John Fogerty there it's just a really good you know it's big enough to be important but it's small enough where you can a much more intimate feel than saying going out to an Allegiant Stadium or something of that nature
0: yeah those stadium shows and, and I've heard that the sound isn't great but in these smaller venues like the Coliseum uh, in the Phoenician room you know these rooms are like park uh, the park and gym theater these are they're considered intimate for a lot of these artists and the sound quality is just really good so it's a different experience than, than when they're packing them in and there's ten, you know, tens of thousands of people and so there's You know, there's always been this kind of question of are there too many venues, which I've always found an interesting question because it seems like every day there's a new residency, a new extension of a residency. But I I think there's this chance that we're getting close to a saturation point. And they're talking about, you know, you've got another big theater, presumably that they're going to build. Oh, this is uh, Scoop, by the way. So at Mirage, they've got the Dolphin Habitat and the secret garden with the tigers that they're going to close permanently that that was announced recently uh i'm hearing they're going to build like a 5,000 seat concert venue on that on the space so you've got that theater you've got fountain blue coming in with a theater you've got msg sphere coming in with a theater and these this is thousands and thousands of seats so you you kind of have to wonder is there a limit to how, how many bands You know, really warrant a residency what a residency is because we're just doing three shows it's not really a residency even if they call it that and if the demand is there uh, and I think that extends beyond these kind of concerts but also to shows to search shows you know we can talk about the new show at Wynn because it's -hmm. it's an interesting situation Uh, another big expensive production show so But I think it all kind of speaks to that question of, are there too many seats? Is the demand there? Are people coming coming back after COVID? You know, has the culture changed when it comes to big shows like that and big concerts and productions? And how does that all fit into Vegas trying to pivot to be the entertainment? You know, we've always said we're the entertainment capital of the world. But when there's gambling everywhere, you better get serious about having a hook. And entertainment and sports have pretty much been it. Is that a good lead into your sports? Well, I think it is.
1: One <laughs> last one last thing about that, though. You know, the motivation for these guys. You were talking about farewell tours. I think I've been to three or four of uh, the Who's farewell tours over the years, and I know. You know, as long as you got guys like Pete Townsend and Mick Jagger that. If you throw dollars, enough dollars in front of them, these guys aren't going to stop until they pass away. Uh, and I guess that's what they're going to be striving for because the idea is going to be, look, they're going to have to get people out there to do it, you know. And then and then you'll see the real competition is who can actually draw on a regular basis. Not everybody's like Aerosmith. So it's going to be really interesting. Do you think some of these places are going to fail, Scott? Yeah, I mean, there's, I
0: think there's, a, uh, I'm, I tend to be optimistic about Vegas, except in this area uh, that there's, there's this history that prior to COVID, there really was a flattening of visitation. And well, that was for a couple of years. So then the pandemic happens, then there's this pent up demand. It's been 20 months of $1 billion gaming revenue in Nevada. So that's, that would make you think that everything's great. Everything's booming. Uh, but I think there's, there's a very real possibility that there's going to be oversupply soon. Damn. And there's this perception of Vegas. It's not really a value destination as much anymore. So some folks just aren't coming. And then you've got, so you've got, it, like I said, Fountain Blue coming online with thousands of rooms. Um, you've got other other projects in the works where it's thousands of rooms, more, you know, another stadium, arena proposal for South strip from the Oakview group. You've got this fictional All that arena. That's not funded, but that people talk about it. Uh, but I think, you know, something like the MSG sphere, they just said that the, the, the price tag of this thing is, is going to be $2 billion. <laughs> oh, gosh! I mean, there's just uh, you know, that's two circus basically is what it's going to cost to build the MSG sphere it's a theater. It's not a sports venue. It's not a place for basketball or whatever else they might have been. So yeah, I think there's, there's some trouble ahead. It's hard to tell where the trouble is going to be. You would assume that some of these places that are established, but I think that's why they're locking some of these performers in for these residencies, because there's just not an infinite number of groups that can Pull crowds in and keep them coming. There's only a limited number of Adeles and Celine's. If Celine comes back, you know that. So yeah. I, I think they're they're like, hey, we got to plan ahead. And if you know, if MSG Sphere gets you too for its opening, that's great. But there's a lot of other nights of the year that they're going to have to figure out how to fill out that space when there's so many seats. So, yeah, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think there's a reality check in the works in Vegas.
1: Well, we want to talk about pessimistic. I want to go back to the All Net Resort and Arena. It seems to me they're going to take the speed train, the bullet train from New York. or New York, Well, from New York, why not? Or Los Angeles to get there, because it's a lot of talk about something where show me the money, right? I mean, there's just no sign that this is going to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you've, you've summed it up beautifully. Unfortunately, no other media outlet in Las Vegas has been able to come to to their senses. It's usually just me beating this drum of what are we doing? Why are we listening to these folks? Why are we continuing to have news conferences? Why do we keep announcing that this thing is funded when it absolutely is not? There is no indication there is any funding whatsoever. The council persons will show up the local media will show up and nobody's raising their hand to go, do you have any evidence whatsoever that you have even a dollar to to build this imaginary place? And they they talk a good talk, but they, there's just no, there's no sense from anybody that I talk to in the industry that anybody involved has ever done anything even remotely like this. <laughs> and it, it's just silliness. The guy needs... To extends his permits. So whenever it's about time for the permits to run out, he has his dog and pony show where he says, yes, we now have $6 billion. Construction is going to start next week. And then, as you may have seen reported, three weeks after he announced this, one of the local news stations, construction delayed at all that resort. I'm like, oh. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, but then you've got other projects, uh, like this Oakview project that's down, it's south of even uh, South Point, uh, in that in that vicinity, and they look like they have the money. Mm. So you just you really never know. I just think it's it's foolish to take everything at face value. Somebody saying that they're going to build something. Uh, the Dream Hotel is out there too, and uh, somebody just bought Dream Hotels, but it looks like the Dream Hotel is still going to happen. Uh, So, I don't know.
1: Vegas is very complicated. Well, 2023 is going to be an interesting year, and that's why we're talking to you, because I think you know you're on top of this thing and yeah it looks like it's a year that could either be great i mean it's a true sports Mecca now right i mean they've they shine it isn't 2023 but just the fact that they've announced that they're going to host the final four is a big deal they got a Super Bowl coming up uh this auto racing thing i agree with you i read what you wrote and it's, it's coming in november but but how many people really are into it? And they're talking about, you know, huge costs and stuff. And they're going to close down the Bellagio uh, fountains. My God, heresy.
0: Yeah. Putting, putting grandstands on the Bellagio fountains is a terrible idea, but I think you're, I think you're right that despite my best efforts, sports are definitely part of the Vegas conversation and have the, the spotlight has kind of pivoted towards sports. They don't, Sports don't make money for casinos like sports books. That's not a money-making endeavor. But for these venues, there's kind of this ancillary revenue that comes if people are coming to town for a Raiders game or whatever it is. F1 is expected to be the most lucrative sporting event in the history of Las Vegas. And I think that's probably true because of the nature of the sport and who those customers are. Uh, there was, I think it was, Wynn has a million dollar package for F one. Wow, a million dollars, uh, and several others have done really expensive packages as well. They're pretty much getting whatever they're asking for at this point. We know it's going to be in, in uh, November. Is that, is that
1: international travel or something? I mean, I, I, I I'm not yeah, that much I, I didn't know about yeah. it, but
0: <laughs> yeah, F one is definitely it's international and the prediction is that the private jet airport at McCarran, that little is just going to be overflowing with private jets. And there's actually going to be a traffic jam of private jets coming. So we're talking about some of the richest of the rich, uh, coming for this race for a car race. Uh, there, I think there's a TV series on about F1 that has made it a bit more popular in the U S. So I think there's going to be a quite a few U S fans, but that's not really what, who the uh, hotels are gearing their marketing toward? They're gearing it t- toward Europe, and just a very, very wealthy customer from from Europe who's gonna who's not gonna balk at two thousand dollars a night for a hotel room. It's gonna be a little rough for the average person during that period. So make sure to check your hotel rates yeah. because uh, a lot, you know it's gonna be rare to find anything less than a thousand dollars a night during that period. And that's probably going to be on the low end uh, because they, that dynamic pricing is in place exactly because of this, because when you see an opportunity, high demand, people seem to have no limit to what they'll spend. You want to take full advantage of it. And that's what the casinos are doing.
1: One last thing before we leave the world of sports and we're going to just talk about some fun stuff, but, There's a thing there. I I know UFC is huge, and of course Vegas is a big part of that. Everybody likes to go. But I was reading in Vital Vegas about something called slap fighting, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. (laughs) Is is this just a case of, like, if it happens in Vegas, it must be cool, so we're going to take this weird thing and put it in Las Vegas, and that'll make it okay, or what?
0: (laughs) Well, I I thought you tried to stay neutral on things, but apparently you... You're, you've wisened up because I can't stay neutral about anything. No, I, slap fighting is exactly what it sounds like and it's um, utterly absurd. Uh, it is people hitting each other, f- essentially, you know, open face p- or open palm punching each other uh, until somebody gives up. And it, it's not a sport. It's brutal and it's, it's animalistic. And it's from the folks that bring you UFC kind of octagon, you know, wailing each other till you're a bloody pulp. So that's the mentality. I think it's disgusting and embarrassing for you know Nevada to have approved it uh, because it does have to be approved. But it's it's going to be probably folded in with the UFC world, and it's they know their customer. They know kind of they know what they want and this is just more of the same it's brutal and i i think i linked in my story to you know a pretty good breakdown of why it's just it's medically so dangerous to these folks whatever you're getting paid it's just not worth it to to get the potential damage to your face and your hearing and your brain through you know like in football they're I know they don't do anything about it seriously other than helmets and talking about it, but concussions and repeated blows to the head have been shown to be detrimental. Uh, But, you know, in slap, slap fighting, you're not even able to defend yourself. Uh, At least if you're in the UFC ring, you're fighting, but you're able to defend yourself. You, you, you're just taking a hit and you're taking repeated blows to the head. So I think it's ridiculous. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of a lot of slap fighting fans, and i to me i it just begs the question of like what is there anything that's that anybody would say no to, like how far we we don't like cock fighting. Yeah. okay well there one thing's off limits I guess uh dog fighting maybe off limits like at some point, I guess because they're humans and they're agreeing to this it it kind of makes it okay, but I think we can do better as, a, like, humankind can do better. And and this, to me, would be a symbolic way to start doing better, to, like, be smarter just as a species, as as humankind. We should all decide that some things are just too stupid and harmful to get behind. We should all agree what that list is. And, unfortunately, I'm afraid that a lot of people like it And so for them, this is on the list of things that are okay. It's not on my list, though. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, let's close out. And we've got some time here, but I want to run through a few things that uh, are really positive. I think it'd be a great way for 2023. One, though, is ending right now. You can still see it um, because it's Christmas time and a little bit post-Christmas. The Bellagio just does a a great job. And you pointed out the latest Christmas display for 2022. It's really something special, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they, Bellagio is kind of, uh, it's rare because a lot of places have been figuring out ways to cut back on hours and cut expenses and increase margins, but they don't seem to be, have any care in the world about what they're spending on this Christmas display. And it's beautiful. It is, the night I went, uh, it was Thanksgiving night, which is the official beginning of Christmas, of course, uh, since I'm against Christmas before Thanksgiving, but, the place was freaking packed, international travelers, everybody went down, and it's just, it's beautiful, it's simple, but it's tasteful, and it's just so well done, and they do it every season for whatever the display is going to be, they just put so much time and thought into it, it's 70, I think, uh, people on their staff of horticulturalists, and that that's just amazing that, you know, the, the, and to their credit, they probably, it's not probably drawing a lot of business you know that's why they got rid of the sirens of ti that's why they got rid of the show in the sky at the rio uh there's always this justification for pulling the plug on these shows uh but they've they've continued to do it and every year in my predictions for the next year i predict you know it could go away or hours could get cut or they'll change it but they've they've stuck with it and it's so impressive easily one of the best free things to do in las vegas
1: well, that is great. Another thing is a great ad campaign. We really haven't had one in Vegas since the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But you mentioned one. I really like it because it, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's it's good. About you can what what a better time you can have if you leave your kids at home. And I think uh, a lot of us family people and so forth realize you know there are some things for kids to do, but it really is an adult Disneyland. And I, I know you're kind of a uh, fan was, of that. <laughs> I was I
0: was surprised to see it. But I've been beating this drum for a while, kind of tongue-in-cheek, as you said, like, leave the kids at home. But in a way, it it can be kind of irksome, depending on where you are, to hear a baby crying in a nice restaurant or see a stroller on Fremont Street. Like, the overall vibe is just like, let's keep Vegas an adult playground. So I loved it. They did this series of ads where it was kind of like you could bring your kids to Vegas, but why would you? I'm like, what did they just say? <laughs> because... <laughs> Obviously, they, you know, the LBCDA, uh, the Las Vegas Convention Visitors Authority, is in charge of just bringing bodies to town. They they need visitation to keep, keep the money flowing into casinos. So you would think their priority would just be anybody, families, everybody. Uh, but in this case, they've decided to play up the adult playground factor. I think part of this is coming from uh, the last survey they did, there was a big, big jump in the number of people bringing kids. So it went from maybe 5 to 6% of the people coming to Vegas bringing kids to, I think it was 2019 maybe, where it jumped up to 20%, maybe in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge, huge jump right? and I think surprised a lot of people. And I did a, did a story on some national news outlet uh well, maybe CNBC or something, and it was kind of like you know what's going on, and I think it was just kind of like in in the pandemic, people wanted to do things with their kids, and they didn't, you know, they just didn't, uh, they didn't want to leave them with family. They, it was just it complicated everything. So I'm hoping it was just a one time spike, but it was interesting that the LBCBA went with that angle of yeah, keep leave the kids at home. I loved it. I thought it was funny, I thought it was well done, and I agree with the sentiment, which of course makes it even better.
1: Yeah, and the thing I really enjoyed about it is, it wasn't politically correct or anything like that, they're just going back to having fun, getting back to, again, that kind of same mentality that brought to you what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, it's just a fun thing, people get it, you know, if you want to take your kids, you can, but... If you have a choice, it's better to t- you know take the kids to an amusement park and go yourself to uh Vegas when you when you when you want to fly out for a weekend.
0: Yeah, and I, I it's, it's interesting because um Circa has become like legitimately 21 plus and El Cortez is becoming 21 plus. So it's it's interesting to see that that's a pretty recent development. Um And I think that has to do with the fact that they don't have a lot for kids to do. Most of the big strip casinos have a lot for kids to do in addition to the adults' good time. Um, And so something else that's telling, I don't think we've talked about it before. They took the sports book out of Bally's, They closed it Mm -hmm. and replaced it with an arcade and, so it was an interesting turn of events because I was told by someone who's like, who heads up the company, that the typical video game machine, like arcade game, will make as much as a typical slot machine. Wow. So it's that's why I was additionally surprised the LVCBA went in that direction because if there's things that are as profitable for casinos as the casino, then you would want everybody to come. You'd want big families, families of all sizes, all ages. Uh, So, you know, I I think families are still welcome, of course, because Vegas is welcoming to everybody. But I I love those ads because it was kind of, it was pretty straightforward. It was like, yes, you can bring your kids. But do you have
1: to? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, if you're not going to stay on the strip or downtown, people always ask about some of these hotels that are on the periphery. And one just is impressing the heck out of me I wanted to ask you about is Red Rock. I mean, they got the great restaurant now that's open, the Lotus of Siam, just a great restaurant, world class. And they got a high limit slot lounge. It just sounds like they're really, if you want to stay in one of those places, Red Rock's as good as any.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of love because. For most tourists, they're not gonna they're gonna stay on the Strip or downtown. They're not gonna travel the 20, 15, 20 minutes west to Red Rock. It's in, it's in the suburbs. It's in uh, Summerlin, which is kind of this master plan community. But I think uh, this is Station Casinos. I think they're spending some of that money they got for Palms on uh, you, you know on Red Rock. That's kind of their their kind of jewel at the moment. They're building another, another place, uh, another residential casino, Durango. But for now, Red Rock is kind of their baby. And so, yeah, they did a brand new high-limit slot area. It's beautiful. I've been there multiple times, and I keep winning, so I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Lotus of Siam, as you said, beautiful, like beautifully designed, very expensive. And it's from uh, one of the Principles in it was from Tao Group, I think. So you definitely get that feeling of an ex- dining experience that you wouldn't normally get at a locals casino. They did. Uh, they have another Greek restaurant coming in. They have a new uh, table games lounge, which is also beautiful. They have these beautiful uh, bartender waitresses in these slinky gold dresses. Like it's it's they're doing a very and plus they have a food court. So they have this interesting mix of appealing to locals, and they have an aspirational element of they'd love some bigger players, maybe from the strip, to come out. But they're really, they're really making the investment, and they're doing it right. Uh, not everything wins there. Uh, they've been through like ten different Italian restaurants there, but for the most part, I think they have a handle on what their customers want. And uh, I, I can testify to because I've been going more often than I ever have. Uh, part of that's geographical, but part of that's just there's more things to go do. And I love the things they're doing over there.
1: Now, the other side, we're talking high-end dining and so forth. the other side, Vegas does it all, is donuts. And you talked about the foodie tours are kind of a cool thing anyway. I've got some friends that do some things. I mean, it's a great way if you kind of want just to taste a little of everything. But tell us about the donut tour, because that actually sounds kind of interesting to me.
0: <laughs> well, the... Uh The donut tour is, there's been a long-term company here, uh, Finger Licking Foodie Tours is the name of it. They have a a series of tours that they do. I love them all, they're doing pizza recently. Well, this donut company probably saw what they were doing and they're like, well, we'll just do the same thing with donuts, we've done it, I think this company has done the donut tour in other places. I don't necessarily understand a donut tour because <laughs> you pretty much eat a donut and you're full. Like it's it's a weird thing to have a tour for. Plus, I think you end up paying like twenty bucks a donut. But uh, <laughs> you know, for the for those folks that are into it, I think one of the ones is Donut Bar Downtown. Uh, it's like a block off of Fremont Street. It's delicious. So they uh, they got off to the right foot with me on that one because that was a good choice. I guess I just don't get, and then I think the last places like churros that they didn't announce where it was going to be, but it was pretty obvious it was going to be Nacho Daddy. Mm-hmm. So churros aren't even donut. So I don't, I don't know what to make of the donut tour, but the, but the other tours are very much recommended. You'll hit, you know, downtown, you'll hit, you know, three or four different restaurants, no waiting, no reservations. They get you right in. You do kind of a tasting. I think you get a cocktail at each place and it's pretty reasonably priced. It's a great way to sample different restaurants. The donut the donut thing, if you're a donut person, I guess, go for it. But, um, yeah, the finger-licking foodie tours yeah. are fantastic.
1: Yeah, they have one on, like, meats. I love that. You know, the great steaks. And, you know, yeah, like you say, that to me does more than the donuts because I can do my own donut tour. But, you know, the kind of the places they can take you for some of these things, you're really getting kind of the best of what these places do that's highly recommended final question and this has been just a blast going through this stuff and some of this you've already answered but what can people look for in 2023 i think 2022 was a good year better than a lot of people thought it was going to be but as we get to 2023 anything in particular the visitor needs to know ahead of time
0: yeah i mean i think the the overall feeling for casinos has been that they haven't had to try that hard um you know, people are, they, they're always going to gripe that prices are going up and that they can't find those deals that they used to find. But I think when you've had 20 months of record gaming revenue, you've you have seen the casinos really tighten up on the freebies and comps. I think they've even tightened machines a little bit. I think they've just taken away those perks that people were used to. At Caesars, they used to have Laurel lounges. They took those away. So I, I think what's going to, happen in 2023 is we're going to see kind of a slowdown of this craziness coming out of the pandemic. I think people had, um, they had money that they couldn't spend during the pandemic. You couldn't really go, you know, you couldn't travel as easily. You couldn't go out as much. And I think, I think people found themselves with a little more disposable income. Plus, they also kind of had this attitude of like, hey, if we're all, uh, if we're all going to, you know, if we're in this doomsday scenario, why would I care about saving money? I probably won't even have to pay for my kids' education or yeah. save <laughs> for a new car because we're all doomed, right? So I think some of that will start to go away. I think we'll see a slowdown in Vegas, and I think some of those deals will start to come back where the casinos realize there's a lot of rooms and there's the demand, uh, I think, is gonna wane. And so I think we're going to see start seeing more loyalty club perks. We're going to start seeing more aggressive marketing. We're going to start seeing more comp room offers and kind of those more traditional things that casinos had to do to, to keep those rooms full. So that's great news for travelers. Uh, we are going to see some crazy busy times like F1. And um, I, I feel like that's... You know, it's kind of par for the course in Vegas, but you just really have to plan ahead to time your trip so it doesn't align with a major convention or event like that where the prices are going to be artificially uh, inflated. But I I think overall, you know, it's like, it's going to be another kind of big year for Vegas just because it's Vegas is still kind of the go-to spot when people want to let off steam. Uh, It's unknown if conventions are going to be coming back. We're we're at about 75% of where conventions were prior to the pandemic. So that's a big concern for a lot of these high-end restaurants, because midweek they're they're struggling. Uh, But the the goal, everybody's goal, is to have everything come back. Whimsically, of course, to have the conventions come back so those folks in those high-end restaurants can make a buck. it's definitely on the agenda for Awakening at Win. This new show, it's struggling right at the gate. They need everybody to come back, conventions to come back. They, need, they just need bodies in 2023 to fill up those seats. Cirque, it's the same thing. Uh, they, need, they need bodies to come and uh, hopefully having so many shows and so many seats means the prices of show tickets will go down. I don't think that's going to happen with the big headliners, uh, but I think we're going to see a lot of those production shows reevaluating what they need, to, where their pricing needs to be to get people in those chairs. Uh, the price of these headliner residencies and these, these big shows like Adele, those prices are just, they're through the roof, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon.
1: Well, those are really important things to look at, and the best way, the best way to do that is to be checking VitalVegas.com. It's funny. It's witty. It's snarky. It's a great read. And then when you're going to come, this is the place where you find out when those deals are around, where to go. Scott, always a pleasure. Look forward to talking with you in 2023.
0: Thank you so much, as always. It's been a pleasure. I love Uh, listening to your show and, and including my part of course but you always have great guests and great conversations and just thank you for keeping that Las Vegas conversation going you do a great job